Hello, KM family, and welcome to the Kingdompreneur Mentor Podcast, where listeners experience God's unfair advantage in life and business, hosted by Reggie Flowers. Kingdompreneur Mentor supports the development of faith-based entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs by helping them to dismantle their struggles and gracefully build a life of fulfillment and success while honoring God. We exist to provide you with the evidence that faith plus skills times belief equals disproportionate increase in your life and business. So whether you're listening in your office, kitchen, car, or on the treadmill at the gym, thank you for trusting us with your ears as we continue to strive to maintain that trust. Thank you, Shannon, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, KM family, and officially welcome to the Kingdompreneur Mentor Podcast. It's your host, Reggie Flowers. If this is your first time tuning in, I want to give you a hearty welcome. And if you're returning, we want to thank you for your continued support, listening in to us each and every week, learning how to unlock God's unfair advantage in your life and be completely activated and get those benefits. We are now in June. 2023 exciting times uh this month the theme for this month in case you're wondering what are we going to be discussing this month is going to be the state of christianity i felt in my spirit both from the sermon in church today as well as just kind of the things that i've been seeing and, and through prayer that obviously there's a lot happening right now both in the faith uh both here domestically and at large the enemy's working tirelessly to fragment the faith, to create more unbelievers, and really trying to dismantle God's family. However, we all know he will not win. He does not win. There is no win. He's already been defeated. So the perception versus reality is critical right now that we help constitute some facts and ensure that you realize that what you are seeing as a Christian and uh, the battle that is taking place is real, but the outcome is not near. And so what I mean by that, you may feel like now like we're we're up against the ropes and we're being defeated, but the facts are is that that is not the reality that God is raising up some amazing leaders, people just like yourself who's listening that's preparing for the future to really help deliver people from the desires of the world, the enemies, the demons, anything that they're being plagued with right now that's keeping them away from God, keeping them away from the Heavenly Father. People like myself and you are going to help bring all that back together, which is really exciting. Our conversation today is really discussing unactivated Christians because they cause a lot of harm. And if you remember our previous conversation um, in episode five, we were talking about activating God's unfair advantage in your life. And so when people are unactivated, there's a lot of damage that can be done because they are under, they appear to be of God's people and they appear to be followers of Jesus Christ. However, when you really dive deep into who they really are and the hypocrisy and the fraudulent behavior, those are individuals both intentionally and unintentionally that are doing a lot of damage. And I feel it's my responsibility to really call them out to help you identify those people so that you're not following them accidentally, that you're not being misled, and ultimately that they're not diluting your relationship with your Heavenly Father. Because we are responsible to our families and we're responsible to our Heavenly Father. We are not responsible to those other parties in terms of our faith walk, our will in God, and ultimately what we decide to do with our life both here on earth and then our eternal life in heaven. 
we really need to make sure that we come to this understanding that just because someone calls themselves a Christian does not mean that they really are a Christian. And sometimes that's a hard fact to accept, a hard pill to swallow, because we are loving people, we are trusting people, but we also got to look at their fruit. And you can always tell a person based on their fruit. And we're going to walk through some of that fruit and we're going to discuss some of these ideas. Our key points for today, if you're taking notes, please write this down. We're going to talk about the false appearance. And there's some great scripture we're going to pull from. Lifestyle. we got to pay close attention to the way that they're living their lives. And listening carefully and observing carefully so we can distinguish and discern if what they're saying and what they're doing are aligned or are they unaligned, therefore incongruent. And you already know when someone's, you know, uh, what was the scripture? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It's fact here in this concept too, because when you are double-minded, you are incongruent and therefore inconsistent. More likely you're lying. You're behaving fraudulently. There's a lot of adjectives that are come with someone who's double-minded. And you may know some of those people where in the spotlight, they behave a certain way and then behind the scenes, they're a different way. They project a certain belief in front of people and then behind the scenes, they have a different belief. And some of you are friends with those people and some of you are those people. But the good thing is there's always salvation. There's always an opportunity for repentance and to be forgiven and turn and move in a different direction. So if you're classified in that category, this is an opportunity to have a moment or a breakthrough to help you break through a way that I'm sure you don't desire to be that way. The quasi-Christian, appearing to be religious, appearing to be a follower, appearing to be loving, caring, following God's word, but in reality, their heart is not aligned with their lips. There's incongruency there. So the quasi-Christian, why are they so dangerous? Because they can be appearing to be a giver. So they're tithing, they're donating, they're contributing their time and efforts, and you see them as someone that's cheerful, but you don't have a close relationship with them to know who they really are. You see them attending church regularly, so they're a Sunday attender. But what's happening Monday through Saturday? You don't know. But they can, they're committed to the appearance that every Sunday or maybe Wednesday for Bible study or church events, they're attending faithfully with a smile on their face. They also appear to know the Bible well because they're reading the Bible. And in their communication, you realize they understand scripture, they understand context, they understand parables. They are astute in the Bible. But here's the challenge. Here's where the front lies. Their heart is not aligned. Meaning, if you spend time with them, they could be gossiping. They could be doing things that you, they could create discomfort. Uh, they could be in a place where you just know that their heart is just not pure, is maybe hardened, right? Jaded, affected by some adverse experiences in their life. Because when we are followers of Christ and we're walking that path 
Forgiveness is essential for both the party involved and ourselves. And that mastery of forgiveness is a skill set that only when you truly repent and truly decide that God is going to be your salvation, our Lord and Savior is going to be your salvation, can you release and relinquish what has been plaguing you and hurting you and causing you to be ungodly, to move into a more godly state. Their belief, when you listen carefully, it is not, you don't hear Jesus' teachings in their belief. You hear the world. You hear the worldly conversations. You hear the worldly gossip. When they talk about money, they're talking about things. They're not talking about time and multiplying the, that stewardship. They're maybe just talking about paying bills. You can hear it in their conversation. See, oftentimes we think that the subtle conversations that are happening are not indicative of where a person's really at in their life because we want to go by what we have seen in passing versus what they're telling us and then backing it up with subtle actions that support that true deep down belief that's hard to hide when you're fronting ongoingly. And then the fruit they bear. Have you ever been in a position where you look at someone and I think often, oftentimes as a parent, I would always lead with my children's behavior is a great reflection of my wife and I, our household. So if you really want to know who we are, meet our children, talk to our children. You'll clearly understand our value system. You'll clearly understand what we invest our time in, how we see the world through the eyes of our children that range from 17, 10, 9, a year and a half, and then also six months. I mean, I am just in awe right now with my year and a half year old, watching him, he's bilingual, he cleans up after himself, his ability to comprehend and respect boundaries. When I use the word all done, he completely stops or mom uses the word all done. That means to relinquish what I'm doing, how I'm feeling, or if I'm going in a direction you don't want me to, I am to turn around and come back to my parent just based on the word all done. When people are in the word, living the word, and demonstrating the word to their children, it's going to be reflective. So you can often see, too, where you, it's the opposite. Where you have people who are in the word, and then you meet their children, you go, that's interesting. I feel a little conflicted because, you know, Diana or Chris seem to be such godly people, but the level of disrespect that their child demonstrates to them and the communication patterns and the behavior makes you wonder how. How is that? Because the Bible, the Bible clearly states how we should raise up our children, how we need to parent our children, how to correct our children. There's such fundamental and... and in terms of philosophy and, and how-tos right there in the scripture. But the fruit they're bearing. And so although there could be other areas where we can look at where, they're bear, where they bear fruit, I'm simply identifying one specific area that you can find incongruency. Or you may be incongruent because at church you're putting on a facade and then when you're at home and you're comfortable right getting comfortable there's a distinction I want to go into Matthew 10 38 with you so if you have your Bible your phone Bible your app please get it out open scroll to Matthew 10 38 
Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. What our Lord and Savior is saying in this passage, right? In these words, because it's really critical here. What is being said is because, listen to this. They must be willing to let go of their own agendas. We have to be willing to let go of our own agendas, personal dreams, and ways of living. Meaning, we ha I have to be willing to dead the person that we were. Put it to rest. R-I-P. Rest in peace. And forsake and turn away from the old to focus on the new. But the quasi-Christian actually does not forsake the old. They try to find a happy median. They try to satisfy the old with the new. And then there's an internal war happening that limits their ability to sustain the will and the walk of God because they're in conflict, internal conflict. We discussed the internal war that happens and, and, and then what happens ultimately is that the people outside of you become innocent bystanders of the war internally. And it's unfair. But what God is saying here is that you gotta pick up your cross and you have to be willing to let it go. And for me, when I look at my life, I think back to, and, and forgive me, I'm definitely scruffy. Uh, I didn't get a chance to get to the barber this weekend, but I'm here with you, which is most important. So please don't judge me today, <laughs> at least not in this regard. But you have to be, going back to what I was saying, the bottom line is that when you pick up the cross and you make a decision, and I remember being in a position because when I left high school and graduated, I went to, to college to become a surgeon. That was my mission, I thought. That was my vision, I thought. And when I got there, and academically things were going well, school was going great, um, I'm enjoying my sciences, I'm enjoying my maths, I'm enjoying everything, the whole entire experience. And I'm entering year two, and it's now time to begin shadowing, right? Building relationships with orthopedic surgeons in the community, getting out, seeing what the actual activity is like, what that responsibility is like. And as I started shadowing the physicians, I saw such dissatisfied individuals where I'm just like, whoa, maybe this isn't for me. And in that moment, it's so subtle, but that was God redirecting me. Now, I just thought I was making the decision. I thought that I was just your traditional college kid looking at considering maybe law, considering engineering, maybe thought about being um, a um, pharmacist, right? I'm considering all these different avenues. And then my mother, we're from a small city called Port Huron here in Michigan. An article she was featured in was somehow either released or published in upstate New York, Niagara Falls, New York, and a successful entrepreneur named Phyllis read my mother's article. She contacted my mother, and I was introduced to my first business through that. Now, when you look at that chain of events, that is not your traditional, like, you made a decision, you moved on an opportunity. No, that is God moving things aligning things and we have to be able to be willing to lift up our cross and follow and I did and you have to understand that the industry that I was introduced to because of previous jaded experiences I was not a fan 
And then when I graduated from that industry and moved into a more traditional setting of investing capital, you know, pulling capital together, investor capital, managing capital, managing assets, I had no experience in that realm either or that industry. But God knew exactly how to put me in front of the right people, the right information, and I just humbly followed and said, Lord, you know what? I'm going to lift my cross and I'm just going to follow you because you are proven. You have demonstrated to me, which I am totally unworthy of, of your love and your care, your compassion to make sure that whatever that will is for me or that purpose you have for my life, I live it to the maximum because you're consistently showing me that if I follow you, you will deliver faithfully. And is he, isn't he faithful in your life too? I mean, if you're listening to this right now, clearly, and we're still together however many minutes we're in, I want you to put in the comment section right now, faithful. Because we got to let the world know that he is faithful, that he is totally faithful. And when you can rely on him, and when you can call on him and declare all things necessary, it's a remarkable thing. The second point, lifestyle. The quasi-Christian or the unactivated Christian Pay attention to their lifestyle. The way they choose to live their lives behind the scenes is a key attribute, which I already mentioned. Different from what they're projecting. you got to pay attention to that. Because lifestyle is a style in which you decide to live your life. And when you decide to really lift up your cross and carry your cross, there is automatically a lifestyle that you're going to be aligned with. What you're going to forsake. What you're going to stay away from. What you're deciding not to partake in becomes very clear to you. There's no confusion anymore. Should I? Shouldn't I? Is it good for me? Is it not good for me? It becomes clear. There's clear boundaries now in your mind. We talked about the conflict that's happening internally. They don't adhere to their fundamentals. Right? So God's fundamentals, whether it's the commandments, whether it's the um, wisdom in Proverbs, the, the way of the church and acts, right? Like, he lays it all out. But they don't want to adhere to that. They just want to be a part of the scene, which is mean, meaning I'll show up to church, I'll be a part of the events, but I don't want to put in all this other real work because it's going to cause me to have to do things that I enjoy doing that's of the world. I'm going to have to forgo those things. And what's interesting, why a lot of times Christians are conflicted with seeing people who are not Christians but are having success in, in the worldly sense is because their commitment to philosophies and their commitment to um, just being having fundamental principles, right? Principles that work. So the Bible has principles. Success has principles. They're intertwined because they're derived from the Bible. But you can actually not have a relationship with God and be worldly successful based on principle beliefs, meaning that if I do enough work for enough period of time and, and make adjustments, I will have breakthroughs, right? It's a principle, philosophy, and belief. No different that God says in his word that when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. He obtains favor from the Lord. That is a principle. That is a fact that you will do that. But there's also the supporting principles that says how that husband is to love his wife as the wife is to respect her husband. So there's interchangeable principles that have to come together to produce the outcome in the verse and it's no different whether you're in the world or not but what I'm simply saying to you in this moment that 
the fundamentals aren't being lived out because that person is internally conflicted and therefore they remain unactivated and then it becomes like this perpetual cycle wondering why am I not seeing God's unfair advantage in my life? Well, you're out of alignment and you're quasi-Christian. You're in, you're out, you're semi. You have to be all in or all out. And God even talks about that. I mean, the Lord talks about that in his word. So think about it from this way, this perspective. The quasi-Christian still wants to fit into the world. But if you're listening to me right now, do you feel like you fit in? Or do you feel like sometimes like a fish out of water? Do you feel like you don't belong? Those are normal feelings for people who are firmly rooted and, and, and they follow God's word. They're, that is okay. But the, word, the world makes you feel unjust and, and unworthy of the world. But that is okay. That's not who you're trying to be worthy for. Matthew 15, 8. Go back to your app. Listen to the, the Lord. Listen to how he's communicating. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Hypocrites, in summary. They speak the language, they know the language, but their hearts. And when we know people by their heart, then we know who they really are. And that's why we're in this world where we always want to talk about people with big hearts. And oh my gosh, he has a big heart. And I just love his heart or I love her heart. Because that is symbolic from coming from the word that is an expression of that person's character, their intention, what it's derived from. And then Isaiah 29, 13. And so the Lord says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship, they worship me is nothing but man-made rules learned from rote. Meaning they've learned things from what they've been taught. That's it. They, they just, it's the man-made version of trying to support that. And so therefore, when you're out of alignment, you're unactivated, you don't experience God's unfair advantage, and then as a quasi-Christian, you begin to fall into this place where you really don't believe. So you have the people who are intentionally quasi, and you have people that became quasi because they ran into a quasi. And you perpetuate this quasi behavior due to that. But we gotta get more Christians back rooted, getting them activated, experiencing God's unfair advantage, both in their life and business. Being able to see God's promises show up in your life is what's going to allow you. But you have to do your part. We want God to step in first, but we got to go to him. We got to come to him first with the right heart, with the right spirit, with the right mind. And we're going to talk about some of the supporting elements that will help get you there. So I want to go right into our two-minute recap because I feel like this message was definitely the for someone, someone's listening to this right now and it's speaking to your spirit and it's speaking to your heart. And I'm grateful for that. Number one, become of him, capital him, and you will reap bountifully. So when you become of God, you decide that what's going on in the world is not, does not concern you, does not concern your commitment, does not concern your faith, does not concern your trust in him. That's just the world and you happen to live within it. it the world can strengthen you. 
It can cause you to have testimony to attract more people. It could cause you to have some suffering so that you are grateful for the mercy and the grace that God provides you. But you got to become of him, building the God in you. Number two, personal development is a requirement. You have gotten as far as you can with your current state of thinking. You have to now add to it, make it more robust, increase your knowledge coupled with the action plan and then the accountability to the action plan to produce the fruit that you're seeking in your life, which is ultimately going to be God's unfair advantage for you and your family. So we have five key takeaways I want you to take away from this message today. Number one, you have to make a choice, make a decision, not a preference. A preference says that I may or may not, if the right circumstances are correct, I will. A decision means it's decided, I've severed any other options, I'm locked in, I am carrying my, I'm lifting up my, carrying my cross, I'm lifting it up, and I'm like, I'm following you, Jesus, wherever you go, I'm locked in, no matter where that takes me. Not like, is it going to be dangerous? Is it going to be safe? Will there be persecution? Because I really don't like the way that makes me feel, Jesus. Like, I just really want to feel good. I want to be happy because that's what the world says. We're supposed to be happy. No. It may take you into war. It may take you into battle. It may take you into a, to a, multi, a, a variety of areas. But the facts are, you have to be firmly committed and make a choice. You need to find a strong Bible-based church. And one of the key indicators of a strong Bible-based church, on the political topics, they stay firmly aligned with the Christian beliefs and fundamentals. There's no, well, you can, the scripture can be perceived as this. No, it's very clear. Their boundaries are very clear. If you're not in one, I recommend you need to get into one whether online, in person, strong. That the pastor who's leading that church, they're firm, they're consistent, and you know they know the way, and there's fruit to demonstrate they know the way. Number three, no hypocrisy. It's enough of that. We don't need any more. It's ruining the faith because people say one thing and then do another, and people are watching. They're watching you. They want to see consistency. Number four, build a real relationship with Christ. That requires communication, time, commitment, opening up, expressing. Like, if you've gone through some things as a Christian and you have doubt and worry because of your past hurt or church, that's why you had to build a relationship so you can get back to the truth, get back to experiencing the fruit of the Spirit. Number five, learn to live with purpose. I find that when you live with purpose, there's a higher regard for responsibility, accountability, and that you know that God's governing you, so you decide to make decisions based on knowing that Reggie may not be able to see me, my husband or wife may not be able to see me, but I know God sees me thoroughly, that God knew me before I was in my mother's womb. And so therefore, because of my purpose, I don't want to do anything to mess it up. I don't want to do anything that could prevent me from achieving what it is that God has me to do. That's what you have to do as well. So listen, I thank you for joining us today. I look forward to seeing you next week, and I'll continue to give you an update on my seven-day water fast.
Be sure too to make sure you click on and get your copy of The Art of the Struggle, The Five Incontrovertible Laws for Transformation, Success, and Fulfillment. It's a great book. It tells you a little bit about me, a little bit more about me, my story, and then really the development of Kingdompreneur Mentor. And then get ready because we're working on developing some great things with the team, both the Millionaire Blueprint for Faith-Based Leaders as well as the Mentorship Program uh, for a Kingdompreneur Mentor Academy. It's going to be a 12-month commitment, but it is going to radically transform your faith, your finance, your family, and then get you spiritually fit. God bless you. I love you. And I'll talk to you soon. KM family, what an incredible episode we just experienced on today's show, packed with wisdom and enlightenment. Remember, please subscribe to our newsletter, podcast, and YouTube channel for the best results. In addition, you can contribute to Kingdompreneur Mentor by commenting, requesting topics, or emailing us. And if you desire a deeper relationship with Kingdompreneur Mentor, visit our website at www.kingdompreneurmentor.org and learn more about our courses, masterclasses, and live events. We pray that God's favor goes before you and prospers your way and that people go out of their way to bless you.